Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Redemption Road podcast. This is our very first episode, and I am super excited about this new direction. It's a direction that uh, I decided to start going on a couple months ago when I realized that there's a lot of us out there that have overcome a lot of adversity, a lot of setbacks. I know in my personal life, having gone through setbacks with bankruptcy, with relationships, with grief, um, the list goes on and on. But we can let those become an excuse for why we don't make things happen or we can find ways to get past them. And we can find ways to get through and not just live a a regular life, but we can still thrive. And so I like to see, nobody likes to see a comeback story more than me. And it's all about changing the narrative. And that's what I want to help you do because you deserve to have a great life regardless of what has happened in the past. We all make mistakes and we all can learn from them, and it's time that we learn from those mistakes, move forward, and develop a better life for ourselves. And so this is going to be our initial episode. It's just me today, and I've got some things I want to talk to you guys about. But uh, going forward, um, I just ask that if you find something on this podcast that resonates with you, that you go online to iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or whichever medium you're watching through and go ahead and leave a five-star review if you take something away from this if you got a good nugget and uh, something that's you can apply to your life and you can pass forward to others uh, definitely leave me a five-star review and that allows me to keep going and putting out some more great content for you guys and so I was asked uh, recently if I had a podcast and it, it really put the bug in my ear that I had a podcast before, it was the Fitness Psychologist podcast, but I hadn't really done anything with it for two and a half years, and it was time to resurrect things, but to go in a different direction, because uh, like I said, I really want to see things go in this direction of people redeeming themselves, and I call it Redemption Road, because we can all get redemption from whatever's happened, it's never too late, there's, you know, there's time left in the game, you know, you can still come back, you can still win that game. And that's what I want to see. I want to see every single one of you win. I want to see it happening day in and day out. I want to be your biggest cheerleader. And anybody who wins themselves, they like to see everybody around them winning as well. And uh, that's the abundance mindset. And uh, mindset's one of the things we're going to talk about a lot going forward. And uh, I can't wait to give you guys as many tools as possible to go forward so you can stack up lots of wins and get the life that you want. So my main goal for today is to talk about confidence and my six pillars of confidence that I've found are the most handy in terms of getting you where you want to be and and building that confidence. And it's more complicated than a lot of people might think. And there's more parts to it than you might realize. And you might wonder how some of these things pertain. But in the end, if you can put these six pillars together and really execute on them, I think you're going to find that you're feeling pretty good about yourself going forward. So without further ado, let's talk about the six pillars of confidence. Um, And like I said, this confidence is one of the things that people are lacking more than anything in this world nowadays. And it's one of the biggest limits. I mean, most of the limits that people have in this life are self-imposed and confidence is one of them. It's doubt. It's the thing that paralyzes us. It's the thing that freezes us. It's the thing that keeps us from taking on what we're capable of doing. And, you know, just like the old phrase, you know, there's two types of people, think, the ones that think that they can and the ones that think that they can't, and they're both right. And in the case of confidence, it's true. If, you're, if your belief system isn't in the right place, it's going to affect your motivation. It's going to t- affect the 
emotions you have and the emotions you have are going to affect the actions that you take or the lack thereof. So six pillars of confidence. And so going in order, they are goal setting, self-talk, behaviors, communication skills, fitness, and ownership. And so first off is goal setting. And why is this important for confidence? Because this is where you set the stage. This is where you plan the things that you're going to get to be confident about. You're planning the things, you're planning the endeavors that are going to give you the confidence going forward. Confidence is memory of past successes. If you're not driving and if you're in a place where you can write this down, write it down. Confidence is memory of past successes. So you need to set yourself up in situations where you can have that success. And having goals, having, you know, of course, the typical SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, and uh, making sure that they are relevant, making sure they're timely. I mean, you've, you've heard this probably all ad nauseum before, but goals without a timestamp, they're just pipe dreams. And there's something that's not going to be taken action on. They're going to be another someday in your life. And like I said before, you guys know how I feel about someday. You know, some days where dreams go to die, some days the day of the week that never comes. And it's a dream. And until you put a timestamp on it and say, I'm going to do this by X day, X time, then you're not going to get anywhere. And it's going to, that same dream is going to be there this year, next year, time after that, time after that. And every time you're sitting around having beers with your friend, you're going to talk about the things that you're going to be doing and you're going to do, going to go, instead of talking about the things that you did. And there's two types of people. There's types of people that talk about what they're going to do. And there's types of people that talk about what they did. And then you do these things long enough, repetitively enough, and before long, it's not just actions, but these actions start compiling. They become part of who you are. And before long, it becomes an identity. And once these things start to become an identity, then it gets a lot easier for you. So we'll talk about that more in the future. But goal setting. So how are you going to measure your goals? And I'm going to get a, go a little psychologist on you and throw some psycho battle terms on you. But first thing that you need is a specific goal and you have to operationally define as they call it, how you're going to measure it. You know, if you're going to the gym and you want to lift more weight, you want to be stronger. What does stronger mean? How is this? How many times that you can squat a certain amount of weight? Is it how many times you can bench press 225 pounds like they do at the NFL combine how are you going to measure that construct? And that's what construct validity is. Is Are you measuring what you are really wanting to measure? So if you're trying to get stronger, what is it that you're going to be actually measuring with numbers, numbers that you can track beforehand, during, and afterwards, so that you know that you're moving the needle? And having goals that are reasonable. If you set goals too high, you set yourself up for failure. If you set goals too low, then you're not really doing anything to move the needle. You're not challenging yourself. You're not going anywhere. Very important that you have something that's going to move the needle, something that's going to make you progress. You need to have behaviors in your life each day that move the needle for you. Otherwise, you're just turning the crank. It's not about who is the most busy. It's not about who has the most time filling up their day. It's about who's doing the activities that are actually going to cause the most change, the activities that are going to bring the most results. What are those 20% activities 
that you can set for yourself each day that are going to bring you the 80% of your results. What is your one thing as Gary Keller talks about in the one thing? These are the goals that are going to be important for you to set for yourself day in and day out. So you, it's very important that you be specific. And why are the goals important? Because you feel confidence when you do what you say you're going to do. When you call your shot and you execute it over and over and over again, like I said, confidence is memory of past successes. So when you call your shot and you execute over and over again, in our minds, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So we've got that memory of past successes knowing that we called it out before, we did it. Of course, we're going to be able to do it again. Because that's what we do. That's a habit. That's just what we do. We execute and we say what we're going to do. It's credibility with yourself. It's not just credibility with other people, which is awesome. And uh, that's a big part of the puzzle too. But it's credibility with yourself going forward. So having the right kind of goals, you know, the macro goals, the micro goals. What are you going to do this month? What are you going to do this week? What are you going to do today? Having that power list at the start of the day, the five things that you're going to accomplish by the end of the day. And then even if you get them done by noon, that's great. Then, you know, you, you go enjoy the rest of the day. But having a plan so that when your head hits that pillow at the end of the day and you can know that you knocked everything off that list, your, your goals are specific enough. You can check it off the list. You say, yes, I did it. No, I didn't. It's black and white, cut and dried, very specific. That's going to be very powerful for you. You're going to sleep a lot better that night and uh, know that you did what you had to do to put yourself forward, to put yourself in a position to win, to succeed. So goal setting is going to be a very integral part of you feeling confident going forward. Now the second tenet is self-talk. And this is something that I've been trained in for a long time. This is what psychologists are trained to do and... This is a big piece of the puzzle. It's not the only piece of the puzzle, but your belief system and your characteristic thoughts about how you think about you, yourself, how you think about yourself, about the world, about the future. You know, they call that the negative, cogn negative cognitive triad, excuse me, in uh, cognitive therapy when people are depressed because they have depressed thoughts in those three areas. Thoughts about self, world, and future. And... People sometimes will have trouble differentiating thoughts and feelings. Thoughts are your self-talk. What I want you to do is I want you to think about thoughts, self-talk, attitudes, beliefs. Think of these all interchangeably for, for argument's sake right now because this is your internal dialogue. It is what are you saying to yourself. And so... Why is this important? Because everybody has different ways of interpreting and appraising the physical events that happen in our lives. The same physical event could happen to two different people, but because of what they say to themselves, how they think about it, how they conceptualize it, how they appraise it, they can feel very, very differently because they're telling themselves two very different stories about what's happening, two different narratives. And that's a psychologist's job a lot of times is to give somebody the tools to write a different narrative about what has happened to them, to people that are coming in, identifying and telling themselves that they are a victim, to restructure that thinking, you know, to, that they're 
not just a survivor instead of a victim, but to restructure that thinking to say that I'm so much more than just a victim or survivor. And I, I'm not, I don't have to over-identify with whatever it is that I am, that, that I just, that I over, that I identified with and that completely colored who I was. I am rewriting that story about myself. You know, first of all, I'm not a victim. Secondly, I am a survivor, but I'm not just that. I'm so much more than that. That doesn't color all perceptions of what I am. That is not me. My identity is far more and has far more depth than that. So it's restructuring that thinking, self, world, and future. And it's easy to get locked in sometimes. It's easy to, you know, with self-talk, we have to operate like a good scientist would. And that's why they call it taking an empirical approach because it's looking for evidence for and against the thoughts that come into our mind. All of us are guilty of running with the first thought that comes into our mind sometimes. And the first thought that comes to mind is not always the best one. In fact, sometimes it can be the worst one. You know, they say not to make decisions based on emotion. And this is why, because sometimes in the heat of certain emotions, we tend to have thoughts that are not the most healthy or adaptive for us. And we run with those. And sometimes they can go through a spiral. And if we think A equals B, then B is going to equal C and C is going to equal D. And before long, the one thought you had means three other things that didn't happen or were sometimes fearful of something that may happen. You know, they say depression is preoccupation with things in the past. Anxiety is preoccupation with things in the future. So sometimes we are telling ourselves a story about what we think is going to happen in the future. And so before long, the one thing we think is going to happen in the future has caused three or four other things as a result. So before long, we're, you know, feeling very anxious because of something, a picture that we painted for ourselves in our head that hasn't happened yet and may not even happen yet. And it's very easy to get caught up in that state of mind where we are painting this picture and telling ourselves this story for something that's not based in reality. It's not based on any facts. So be like a good detective, be like a good scientist, examine the facts, examine the evidence. What proof do you have for that thought that's coming to your mind? Is there proof against it? Is there a different way you can think about that situation? Is there a different story you can tell yourself about that situation that's going to make you feel differently and be able to get you what you want going forward so that you can take the actions that you need to win and be successful? But restructuring your thinking, it's a skill. And like any other skill, like riding a bike, it takes practice. And so I definitely encourage you guys when you have a chance to sometimes just take a sheet of paper and divide it into three columns and write down next time you feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel angry. Okay, write down those three columns and what is the emotion that you're having? That's, that's your third column, the last column. And we're actually going to trace that backwards. Now, our first column the, uh, on the opposite end that you're going to write down what is the event? What are you doing at the time? What just happened? What is that event that you think caused you to feel angry, depressed, anxious, confused, whatever it was? Because you think that it caused that, but it didn't. It's that thought that you had, and it's that middle column. That's where the middle column is those thoughts, those attitudes, those beliefs, the self-talk. And there's a lot of different types of thoughts we have because there's a lot of thoughts that come out on the surface, you know, the things that we're saying to ourselves that we're very aware of. But then oftentimes there's deeper underlying things. There's core beliefs that we have underlying that dictate the different individual thoughts that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. But 
a lot of those thoughts that we see, we can see a similar theme underlying in that's those core beliefs that we have. And a lot of times those are deeper ingrained. Those are thoughts, beliefs that we've developed over time that may have been indoctrinated in us from an early age, you know, by people that were well-meaning, you know, maybe family, maybe teachers, maybe people that we respected and looked up to and were responsible for caring for us and teaching us, but, you know, had, had the best of intentions, but maybe those are deep down beliefs that might have been adaptive then, or maybe they were coming from a good place, but they're not beliefs and belief systems that will serve you well now. So even if it's a belief system that you feel has is adaptive and healthy, and maybe it's protected you in the past, it's okay to question things. I'm not saying abandon your belief system because some of the belief systems that you have might be good and healthy and adaptive and allow you to be successful, but it's okay to sometimes audit and question your beliefs because they may not be serving you as well as you think. And like Debbie Ford says in the uh, Dark Side of the Light Chasers, we're born into these big mansions and these mansions have several rooms, almost an infinite number of rooms, but the more we go through life, those door, the doors to those different rooms get sh closed off to us. And before long, we have access to fewer and fewer rooms in that mansion as we go through life and people tell us certain things and shift our beliefs. And, and before long, we start disqualifying certain beliefs that may still serve us well, certain directions that may serve us well. So self-talk is going to be very important going forward because what you tell yourself about what you're capable of doing, what you're telling yourself is possible, what you're telling yourself in terms of how big that you can go, that's, that's going to be very, very crucial in terms of how you feel. Not events that dictate your emotions. It's your thoughts that dictate those emotions. So being able to govern those thoughts appropriately, that's where, that's where the magic is. There's no magic in this process really, but if there is magic, it's really auditing those thoughts that you're having. But even if our thoughts are in the right place, though, uh, and this is one of the things when I went on my personal development journey a couple of years ago, because I was well-trained in restructuring thoughts and looking at all the different ways, but you can have all the best thoughts in the world. You can do daily, I always say you can do daily affirmations like Stuart Smalley in front of the mirror and say, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. But here's the thing. You can have the perfect thoughts. You can be saying all the right things to yourself. But the problem is, in many of these cases, you haven't done anything yet. And this is the third tenet is behaviors. It's the actions that you take. Because like I said with the goals, when we were talking about goal setting, confidence is memory of past successes. It's the actions that you take that are going to make you feel confident. One of the best ways to feel confident in a situation, first and foremost, is to be prepared for a situation. If I'm going in and I'm going to be public speaking and they've asked me to speak on a topic and some people might be good at speaking off the cuff, some may not be. It depends on what the subject is. But if it's a subject that you're not very comfortable with that you don't talk about all the time, you may have to be prepared for it. Or if you're not used to public speaking at all, you may have to prepare. You may have to rehearse. And if it's a situation that's going to cause you, you know, that you haven't done as much, you're going to be a little more aroused, in which case you have to have more rehearsal. 
So preparation is going to be key for any situation going forward. And, you know, the old phrase, be prepared and you shall not fear. Preparation is huge. And the big portion of the actions component for me, though, is habits. And if anybody who's worked with me as a coaching client or as a therapy client knows that I am a big proponent of having the right kind of habits in place. And the reason for that is the habits that you have allow you to function well, even if the rest of the world around you turns to shit. And as we've seen the last couple of years, when the world was shut down for the C word and everybody was losing their mind and everybody was panicking and worried, the people that I knew that had adequate morning routines and uh, evening routines and had a way to go about their business, they were the ones that were still succeeding. They were the ones that were still coping. When you have those habits in place, they give you confidence because you are giving yourself victories each and every day. When you're taking the time each morning to have a morning routine to go out and do some exercise, even if it's just a walk for 20, 30, 40 minutes, sending a couple messages to family members, letting them know that you care about them and reaching out to them. If you're reading and getting in 10, 20 pages or at least reading long enough so that you can get a nugget that you can apply to your own life and maybe teach to somebody else or listening to a podcast, meditating, giving yourself something nourishing like a greens or a reds powder or, or a protein shake that's going to start your day properly. Even if it means getting up a little bit earlier, I'm not saying sleep deprive yourself, but getting up a little earlier, having these kind of habits in place so that you leave your house and you come into work, you've been up for a few hours already, you've done all these things for yourself already. You've gone through that routine. You've done the things that make you stronger and weaponize you for the day. The routines and rituals that we have prep us and put us in a certain state of mind. That's why you see all these great athletes have the, their little ritual routine before they step in the batter's box, before they shoot a free throw, before they strike a golf ball. They do the same ritual or routine every time because that's what's going to put you in your zone. And so having the right habits in place is going to put you in your zone. And you start the day well because you're accomplishing things right off the bat from the time you roll out of bed. You know, the old Navy Admiral said the first thing you should do is make your bed because you're accomplishing something right off the bat. And I think that's a brilliant point. Making your bed, exercising, doing all those things I just talked about, those are wins. They might be small wins, but not every win's going to be huge. Oftentimes, the big wins that we're expecting might be few or far between, and we have to work up to those. And we have to have other things that motivate us going forward. So what better way than to have these habits and know that, once again, I did what I said I was going to do each day. I did something to help myself. I did something to further myself. Little things that are going to move the needle and maintain who I am, maintain my health, maintain my mindset, maintain my relationships, and maintain my business, or maybe even propel them forward. Nothing is better than that. So having the right kind of habits in place, that is going to be very crucial for your confidence going forward. Number four, communication skills. This is a big one because as we well know, when it comes to deciding how people are going to treat us, they take a cue from how we treat ourselves. They take a cue from how we respect ourselves. 
And one of the biggest elements of communication is the boundaries that we set with other people. And a lot of these tenets that I have of confidence, they, they interplay with each other. And communication skills, a lot of this has to do with self-talk because if, if we have thoughts about ourselves that we are just, our needs are just as important as anybody else's and I'm important and that I don't have to put my needs on the back burner for anyone else, it's going to be a lot easier for us to be assertive with other people rather than taking a passive or a passive aggressive role. But communication is going to be huge because it's if, you, if you're going to be a real confident person, you're going to be setting the right kind of boundaries with people so that you're still letting people in, but you know, you're not keeping everybody at arm's length, but you're not letting people too close so that they're t exploiting or taking advantage of you. You're not always giving in to them and putting your needs in the back burner to satisfy or people please them. The people that I know that are people pleasers, they are not confident because they have the underlying belief that their needs, their wants, their wishes are not as important as the next person. So they feel like they have to defer. But if you are able to communicate and you don't have to do it in a nasty way, if, if people you know, try to ask you to do something that's going to be an imposition on your time or something that you just can't do or it's going to put you in a position or at a loss, being able to assertively say, you know, I appreciate your need for this being done, but it's not something that I can do right now and deliver it in a, in a very respectful tone, but at the same time setting a boundary that you're saying no, you're going to feel a lot better. Because the people that don't know how to say no, they feel resentful. You feel resentful towards the person that exploited you and took advantage of your time and your good graces. And you feel resentful towards yourself because you didn't set the boundary in the first place and protect yourself. And if you go through not protecting yourself over and over again, you start to believe, well, if I didn't protect myself, it must mean I'm not that worth it. You start protecting yourself. You start looking out for number one, looking out for your own needs. After a while, you're going to realize that you have that kind of value. And so having the communication skills, practicing those communication skills, practicing being able to say no, you're allowed to say no. There's a basic bill of rights that we have in this life. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to have an opinion that's different from everybody else's. And so being able to exercise those, uh, those proper communication skills and draw a line in the sand so that you get protected and that you don't get exploited and taken advantage of that's going to do wonders for your confidence going forward. So number five, fitness and taking care of the body. This is powerful because with fitness, it's just you against you. Nobody else factors into this equation. It's you versus you in terms of what you're going to put into your body. It's you versus you in terms of how you're going to move that body. And why is this powerful? It's another way of proving to yourself that you are going to do what you say you're going, you know, what you said you're going to do. And the people who do practice good fitness, the people that have achieved good levels of fitness, it demonstrates a lot and it communicates to the world that you are disciplined, that you have the right kind of habits in place, that you can exercise self-control that you can cultivate grit, that you can have that kind of mental toughness and you can have that kind of willpower and that you can function in situations that maybe aren't ideal. You know, maybe there's circumstances in place that are not ideal, but you found a way to get a workout in anyway.
and all things equal, if you're a job candidate and you're in you're in shape and the other person has the exact same equal credentials to you and but they're out of shape, guess who most people are going to choose? Why? Because they're going to look and they're going to realize that you have the discipline and you're somebody that's going to follow through and you're someone that's going to be able to take care of others, whereas they might think the other person, if they can't even take care of themselves, how are they going to take care of me? So it's a, not a matter of just your own confidence, but it's also the confidence that people are going to have in you going forward. And so let's face it, you know, once you have that physical fitness, what it does for you in terms of having more energy, more focus, being out, able to outwork your competition the list goes on and on when you have all those benefits, all, all of those elements in terms of the results that you're going to get in your job, in your relationships, the confidence that you have in your relationships, confidence in speaking to members of the opposite gender or whatever gender you're trying to attract, um, when it comes to significant others and relationships, when you're standing in, in front of a crowd, all feeds into your level of confidence. So taking care of your physical fitness, it's an absolute must if you are looking to build your confidence going forward. Last element that we've got is ownership. Ownership means that we are acknowledging that what goes right or wrong, it's on us. We are taking responsibility for it. We are holding ourselves accountable for what happens. We are not diffusing responsibility or trying to claim that whatever happened is the result of external circumstances or luck, which I hate luck. You know, good luck chaps my ass because I believe we make our own luck for the better or for the worse. But ownership means regardless of what happened, it's on me. It's a matter of saying, you know what? situation A went to hell in a handbasket. So did situation B. So did situation C. Or maybe relationships A, B, and C, you know, they all got to that same point and, and then the wheels fell off. And we look and we say, what is the common denominator in that situation? And then sometimes it's a painful reality, realization that common denominator in all those situations, yeah, fuck, that was me. And tough pill to swallow at first. And it's tough to know that you were the one that was the cause in all three of those situations. Maybe you're not the cause in all of them, but in a lot of cases, if the same thing keeps happening, the common denominator, there's a good chance that, that we are. So, is it difficult? Yes. Are people going to respect you when you take the responsibility? Also, yes. Why is this important for your confidence if you're taking responsibility for all these bad things that went wrong? Because we realize that we are our own agent of change. We realize we have that internal locus of control. We realize that we can impact the world around us and that we're not just pawns here and that everything that happens is just because of other things that happened around us, because of luck, because of other people's impact, because of other circumstances that we have a direct influence on our lives, on our futures, on our fate, what goes on around us. And so when you realize that, then you come to that realization that, you know what? 
I can impact things for the better as well. And so having that ownership, like I said, a tough pill to swallow initially, but in the end, a very, very powerful thing to have going forward when you realize that you call the shots, that your actions can propel you forward, and that your fate and your happiness lie in no one else's hands but your own. So there we go. That's the six tenets of confidence or six pillars. And it's something that's been very helpful for me. It's been something very powerful to use with my clients going forward. And they take a lot of practice and they interact a lot with each other. And a lot of these, you can't have one without the other. But uh, confidence is one of those things that you know a lot of people are really lacking right now. And it's something that comes with practice. And it's not just a matter, like I said, of standing in front of the mirror. It requires a lot of behaviors, a lot of actions on your part, consistent day-to-day habitual actions. And, you know, like anything else, habits are something that needs to be practiced over and over again. The sweet spot for something becoming a habit is, you know, 66 days or more. And so being consistent, none of this is complicated. It's simple, but it's hard, if that makes sense. It's not complicated, but it, because it requires that what makes it hard is the consistency. If we blend those simple behaviors and do them consistently over time, it's just like the mathematical principle they talk about in, I believe it's Atomic Habits with James Clear. 1% shifts. Doesn't sound like a lot, but play the numbers game. 1 to the 365th power, multiplied by itself 365 times, still going to be 1. 1% shift means 1.01 to the 365th power, and you end up with a product right around 37 or 38, which means over a 3,000% improvement that you have over that time from doing that 1% shift. So think about it that way. So being consistent going forward and your your confidence will be there. And just like anything else, just like interest, uh, just like other kind of results, confidence is something that's going to compound as well. And it's going to grow and it's going to grow exponentially after you do this a long enough time and practice. So I am very much looking forward. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests coming forward to come on the show and tell their stories of redemption and what they've overcome and the mindset hacks that they used to do that, what they've learned along the way, some of the pitfalls and the strategies that work. But uh, it's like I said before, it's time. We need this. And uh, there's, there's a lot of negativity out there in the world today. And I want you guys to win. And I want you guys feeling confident. I want you feeling capable. And I want to see, regardless of what you've been through, whatever your story is that you've told yourself, whatever you think that you haven't been capable of doing, or maybe you think it's too late. Maybe you think that you know, you're of a certain age that you know, you've already made your bed and you have to sleep in it the rest of your night. And I'm here to tell you that it's not true. And I'm 47 years old and I've got a lot of things that are still new beginnings for me. 
and I look forward to thriving. I look forward to learning. And the game's only over if you say it's over. So I look forward to seeing all of you attain redemption in some way. And you know, no no single one mistake can necessarily sink our ship as long as we are still alive. And I want to see you guys win. I want to see you find your purpose. Sometimes your purpose isn't something that's, uh, you might not think it's real pretty. A lot of times the things that give us purpose are things that are responsibilities. They might seem like burdens. They might seem like something that makes us want to pull our hair out. But, you know, it's the things that we have in our lives that that give us responsibility that also give us purpose. And that keeps us from feeling lost. So... As I said before, if you took away something powerful from this, if it helped you, if it resonated, if it's something you can apply to your regular everyday life, go online, leave a five-star review. I look forward to this endeavor uh, bringing a lot of great value to you, and I hope that you guys can continue to be good to yourselves. I hope you can go and make somebody else's day better. I hope you all look out for each other and spread love to each other and uh, I just I want to keep this positivity thing going as much as possible so much love to everybody and uh, we'll see you soon